WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Game five of the Stanley Cup finalists tonight. Hockey could be over by the end of the evening. But I don't think so. I bet Vegas wins. And then for game six at D.C., it'll be tight sphincter time. As in, extremely tight. Flurry needs a good game and goal for Vegas. He needs to steal a game and maybe keep stealing games. He needs to start out playing Braden Holtby. Hey, it always comes down to goaltending. Ryan Reeves will be a healthy scratch tonight for Vegas. Oh my God, the Penguins should have kept Reeves. This is the Mark Madden Show. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. It's going to be a lot of hockey talk today because this is a hockey show and this is a hockey town. If Washington wins the Stanley Cup tonight, I'll be jealous and not because the Caps won it. I just feel like it's the Penguins' property. After two years, how could you not? I got a column coming out about the state of the Penguins that's in the Trib. The state of the Penguins if they hadn't won the Cup in 2016 and 2017. If they had not, they might trade some stars. Probably would have traded Evgeny Malkin. They might be looking to reload, build for the future. But they did win, and it's a very good core, even if it is 30-something. It's proven it can win. But now you see some of the negative residue of trying to win. And I'm not complaining. The Penguins tried to win, and they did win. But the Penguins haven't had a first-round draft pick since 2014. And since they drafted Jordan Stahl all the way back in 2006, the Penguins have only had one first-round pick really pan out. That's Olimata from 2012. Dupre. Bennett, Morrow, and Pouliot, 2009 through 2012, rotten. Kapanen in 2014, he went to Toronto in the Kessel deal, which was a damn good deal. And there's not much in the pipeline right now. Sprong, who the coach doesn't like. Simone, who is very marginal. Bluger and Lafferty, who look like AHL guys to me. So the established core isn't going to get a ton of help. Hey, when you contend for a long time and win, you draft late, and you often trade pieces for immediate help, picks for immediate help, pardon me. Uh, You wind up in the Penguins' current situation, which is very good, but there are some holes, holes pending. The Penguins didn't draft bad. Not every guy turns out. The one guy I expected a lot more from was Derek Pouliot. And he's okay for Vancouver now. But I feel like he's a guy who needs to play for a bad team. There's no pressure. You just go out there and play your game 
No repercussions, no expectations. Some guys are just like that. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Like I said, we'll be talking hockey. All you got to do is dial the phone and talk hockey, and I'll be glad to talk hockey because this is a hockey show, and Pittsburgh's a hockey town. And because the Pirates are playing right now, losing at last look to Los Angeles 3-1. to one. Uh, As mentioned, game five at Vegas tonight. Vegas has that crazy pregame. Would you like to see the Penguins have a a crazy pregame? The Mayor Peduto maybe dresses up in a Penguin costume and then harpoons some fat lady while she sings God Bless America. Or, wait, wait, wait. How about Tom McMillan, the Penguins vice president, reenacts the Battle of Gettysburg? I'd like to see McMillan involved more creatively. Maybe reenact the Battle of Gettysburg, like I said, but with live penguins. Live penguins dressed in little blue and gray uniforms. You get Peduto out there. Jen Bolano, the penguins PR lady, she's dressed as Robert E. Lee, and she chops off everyone's head with a sword. Maybe Dominic Simone, if he's not playing well. Uh, NBA Finals... Game three last night, and LeBron lost. He's now down three games to none to Golden State. Uh, The Cavs are going to lose, and LeBron's going to be three and six all time in the NBA Finals. Jordan was six and on, was six time MVP in the NBA Finals. LeBron is a better player. Look, Jordan obviously did more in big situations. But Jordan never had to play Soviet Red Army dipped in the Steelers from the 70s. The Golden State Warriors are so good, it's almost cheating. When LeBron opts out of his Cleveland contract at season's end, LeBron should go to Golden State next year and go 82-0. But instead, he'll just go ruin Philadelphia. Well, not, not ruin. They'll make the final and lose to Golden State. Uh, Philadelphia fired their general manager today, Brian Colangelo. So that job is open for LeBron. Uh, By the way, a lot of people are saying now that LeBron will go to the Lakers. If he wants to build his brand beyond basketball, L.A. would be the logical place to go. Might never win again, but for building the brand, it would be the logical place to go. By the way, that was pretty cool when LeBron passed to himself off the backboard and dunked. It's been pointed out that the first guy to do that was Dr. J, Julius Irving, in the movie The Fish That Played Pittsburgh. When I got out of that play, the pass off the backboard to yourself and then dunk, what I got out of that play is LeBron trusts the backboard more than he trusts his teammates. Uh, LeBron's a lousy teammate. He just sees his teammates as props. He drove Kyrie Irving to Boston and gave Kevin Love a nervous breakdown. Uh, Even though I just indulged it, I hate that LeBron versus Jordan debate. A, who cares? B, it's getting 
so old. Uh, there's an article on Deadspin that says football paralyzed Ryan Shazier. Why would he want to play it again? Uh, there you go. Let's say Shazier did play football again. Would you want to watch it? I'm not sure I would. I'd be too fearful. Yesterday was a nice feel-good moment when Shazier spoke to the media and thanked everybody. But it's the end of the story, even if no one wants to say so. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Pierre Maguire will join the show tomorrow. That's always very exciting. Today, live from Vegas, he is the senior hockey writer for Sportsnet Canada. And he also can be seen on the NHL Network. It's Chris Johnston. And then at 4.30 live in studio from TheAthletic.com, it's Josh Yoey. Oh, this is cute. Draymond Green of Golden State, who always tussles with LeBron when the Cavs and Warriors play, he was asked about LeBron possibly signing with the Warriors this summer, and he said, quote, I think if LeBron James went to the Golden State Warriors, then there would be a high possibility I won't be here, unquote. Hey, the guy's a realist. Give him that. Hey, a couple years ago, didn't he kick LeBron in the nuts? Hasn't done that this year. I sense them growing closer. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double S, big fan, man. Thanks. If you were a hot dog and you were starving, would you eat yourself? I would. I'd be delicious. Ditto. The X at 105.9. Couple football notes before we get back into hockey. Julian Edelman, the wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Uh, the word is the NFL will suspend him four games for using performance-enhancing drugs. Edelman's been working with Tom Brady's personal trainer and supplements guru, Alex Guerrero. I would love to see Brady get suspended and embarrassed. And if he's giving Edelman the good stuff, why wouldn't he be giving it to Tom Brady? But I'm not discounting Edelman going into business for himself and only himself in this regard. Also with the NFL, that stupid idiot, Terrell Owens, bitched about not getting in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in his first two years of eligibility, and he should have. Owens should have got in the very first try. The stats dictate, and the selection committee should be ashamed for making it personal. But now, on his third attempt, Tio got in and has announced he won't go to the induction ceremony. He will be the first living enshrinee ever to skip the induction ceremony. And that shows why Owen didn't get in the first two years. Because he doesn't play well with others. What a jackass. Okay, turning now to hockey. Uh, Craig Custance of The Athletic did an article 
about 20 NHL players who could be on the move this summer. Number one is Eric Carlson, the Ottawa defenseman. He has one more year left on his deal. He's very good. I just don't really like how he plays. He's like Chris Letang, but with zero contact. No physicality at all, practically. Letang skates, shoots, passes, mad breakout skills. But for me, Letang's physicality is what puts him over the top as a true number one defenseman. Of course, there's certainly no denying that Eric Carlson is a true number one defenseman. Number two on Custance's list is Oliver Ekman Larson, the defenseman from Arizona. He also has one more year left on his contract, and he might resign with Arizona. They're offering him eight years at some ridiculous figure. Carlson will not resign with Ottawa. Uh, before you start yapping, the Penguins are not going to get Oliver Ekman Larson. They're not going to trade for a big name, I don't think. I don't sense Rutherford is looking for that kind of deal or that it's makeable. Number three is Phil Kessel. Number four is Max Pacioretty. He only scored 17 goals this past year, so I'm not sure what return he brings. Number five are a bunch of guys from Carolina, like a group entry. A Skinner, Hannafin, and Falk. I'd like to see Pittsburgh get Hannafin or Falk. Both are good on the blue line. And if you keep going down the list, there's a bunch of guys the Pens could use. Lots of defensemen like Jake Muzzin from L.A., Ristolainen from Buffalo. Falk and Ristolainen shoot right, so they'd be the easiest fit. When you talk about who the Penguins might trade, you know who I could see moving? Ole Mata. I hope not. I think he's very good. But he just had a solid season, and he stayed healthy. So I think his stock went back up. And I think other teams would have some interest. If Rutherford wants to shake up the defense core, I could see Mata moving the other way. Mata and Rust are two guys that could move. Rust because of the glut at right wing. You got Kessel, you got Hornquist, you got Sprong. None of them are equipped to play fourth line right wing. And really, Rust, I mean, style-wise, he can do it, but... He's too good to be fourth line right wing. And he doesn't flip well to the off wing, to left wing, so I could see him moving. Unless, of course, Rutherford was lying about Sprong being a regular. Or if Rutherford was telling the truth and the coach, Mike Sullivan, turns Rutherford into a liar by not using Sprong uh, on the top nine. As far as free agents go with the Penguins, it's all about affordability with the cap. Uh, you can't get Tavares or John Carlson or Van Riemsdyk because you can't afford them. You know who I'd still like to see the Penguins get? Michael Grabner. That man again. He's a free agent. There's defensemen out there like Jack Johnson, Calvin DeHaan. I really like John Moore from New Jersey, but those guys all shoot left. 412-333-9939. Up next, live from Vegas, the senior hockey writer for Sportsnet Canada, it's Chris Johnston. Hockey Talk here on 105.9. Not your wallet. 
And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. You don't have an option. You think it's the you show? It's the me show. Hey, what's up, Mark? Come on. The whites, the robe, the hair, the woo! The X at 105.9. Joining me now, he's the senior hockey writer for Sportsnet Canada. You can also see him on the NHL Network. Live from Las Vegas in the Stanley Cup Final, it's Chris Johnston. Uh, Chris, is there any way back for Vegas? Game four had to leave a mark, didn't it? It did, Mark. You know, and and I, I never want to say there's no way back for a team because this is sports, and, and we know that some strange things can happen, some unexpected things can happen. That's why we all watch. But you know, it really feels to me as though it's the Capitals' time, and and just the way the series has unfolded, uh, I think it's going to be tough for Vegas to to rally and you know even win tonight's game, let alone uh, two more after it. Has Vegas blown it, or has Washington just taken over the Stanley Cup final? Maybe a little bit of both. You know, I, I think for Vegas, uh, finally the moment got big, and 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 they realized kind of where they are and what they are, and and that you know it's it's, it's a tough spot, man. It's 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 so hard to win a Stanley Cup, and when you're with a team like they are, with you know a lot of players that were thrown aside, you know, really absent to Mark Andre Fleury, their only real star in my mind. Uh, you know, I think it's tough to to play and and finish the job. Whereas you know, Washington has been at this a long time. They've won a ton of regular season games. They've been through all the heartbreaks. And and you know, I I do believe that when the Caps got by the Penguins in round two, that it really uh, put aside some of their doubts and and you know, kind of got got rid of their demons, if you will. And and what I'm seeing from them is just a, a super committed team, uh, doing you know all the little things you need to do to win. Their stars are scoring. Uh, the goaltender's playing well. And and you know, it does just feel like it's their moment finally to, to get their hands on that thing after a decade or more of trying. How did Braden Holtby regroup after starting the playoffs as Washington's backup? Uh, Chris, he went from the perceived weak link to a catalyst, and it literally happened overnight, didn't it? It did. I mean, look, this guy's a great goaltender, and, and he's got a pass. I think it actually helped him, Mark. I mean, he got some time away. He said that that, that rest actually, uh, in hindsight, was a positive thing. You know, I think sometimes even maybe being doubted, having to push through, uh, you know, his, his own failings or his idea that, that, you know, he had lost that job uh, has been a positive thing for him. But, you know, this is a guy that's won a Vezina Trophy, uh, played for Team Canada. You know, he's he's one of the top ten goaltenders in the world when he's at his best. And, and, you know, he didn't have his best most of the season. And, you know, I think that that really stirred something in him. And, and you know, he's responded here with some pride. And, and you know, I think that that mental break uh, was a bit of a reset for him. And, you know, he's not going to win the Consumite Trophy, I don't think. But when you look at it, he, he had shutouts in Game 6 and 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. He's only led in five goals these last three games. You know, he's he's got his own case, even though it's not being made as loud as some of the others. How are the Capitals better now than last year and the year before? Because I think their rosters were better then. You're right. I mean, this is, by my count, at least, at, at, the, at the best, this is the fourth best team in Ovechkin's time with the Capitals. And, and I think you can make a case it might be fifth or sixth. And it, it's, it's just a strange thing the way things work out. And, you know, I, I think the fact that he's been as good as he's been has really made a difference for them. Uh, he's not one-dimensional. He's not just uh, scoring goals and doing flybys. I mean, you're seeing him blocking shots and, and really being an emotional leader for this team. You know, Genny's Kuznetsov emergence has been huge. Uh, it wasn't so long ago he had two points, one playoff series. Now he's got 31. Uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, the Stars have, have really taken this team to the next level. And it took a long time, and, and it's really against the odds. I mean, 
uh, I don't know how this will be remembered in history, but if we went back and had this conversation in September, I don't think you nor I, Mark, would, would ever think the Capitals would be a team that we're about to lift the Stanley Cup, and you know, that's the way it feels to me right now. We're talking to Chris Johnston live from Las Vegas. He's covering the Stanley Cup final for Sportsnet Canada. Uh, Barry Trotz is in the last year of his deal. That's an odd circumstance. What's going to happen to him? There's no way the Capitals would let him walk, is there? I'm not sure it's going to be their choice at this point, Mark. You know, I, I really believe that Barry's going to walk on his own. Um, and, you know, I'm not entirely sure what all has gone on here, but, but here's the facts on record. He has an assistant coach in Todd Reardon uh, who has a contract beyond the season. He has a general manager in Brian McClellan who got a contract extension during this year uh, for years beyond. And, and while everybody else in this organization has been taken care of, they never took care of Barry Trotz. And, you know, I do think there were some doubts uh, at the high ends uh, of the organization about his ability to get them over the top. You know, now they're here in, in this, this Stanley Cup. No one really quite expected. And, and I think that, that Barry's a proud guy. And, you know, I would not be the least bit surprised, even though, as you acknowledge, it's a strange circumstance if he walks away from the Capitals after after this Cup. Uh, where would he, where would he go, uh, Chris? Would he, would he take a year off? Because there's only one job open right now, that being, of course, the Islanders. Well, I've heard there's at least one other team that would fire the coach for him. So uh, I'm not I'm not sure what his next move is. I don't think anybody knows. Uh, you know, I, I even know his agent a little bit, and he hasn't been talking to his agent much. So uh, I'm not sure what's entirely in his mind, Mark, but a lot of the signs here are pointing to him leaving, you know, maybe taking a year off. You know, Seattle could be a fit for him when they enter the league as a, as a Western Canadian guy, a Western city like that. You know, I think he's going to have his options, and I think he's going to get paid a lot more money than he's being paid now if he wins the Stanley Cup. Who's your playoff MVP right now? I'm going Ovechkin. You know, it's, it's a tough argument with, with Kuznetsov. He's had seven points in the series. He's leading the, the playoffs in scoring. But I, I do think that Ovechkin has been the spiritual leader of this team. I think he's rounded out his game in a way we've never seen before. And I think he's had some big moments. You know, he scored that goal in Pittsburgh late in the game to, to win a game. He scored a minute into game seven in Tampa to, to make sure his team got on the right, right uh, end of things there. He scored in game two and three of this series. I, I just think that, that he's been their MVP. But, you know, if Kuznetsov has three points tonight and I have to cast my consequence ballot midway through the third period, I might, I might switch to him. Vegas does not have a great defensive core. I think more than anything, that's shown up in this final, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's – I mean, look, it, it reminds me a little bit of the Penguins of last year with, with the Tang and all that and, and getting through – and somehow winning, but the difference is they don't have the, the stars at the top end of the forward group uh, to pull them, you know, all the way to the, the finish line. And, and uh, you know, their blue line has been rough. Shea Theodore struggled. I think he's going to be a, a great player in this league. He's only 22 years old and, and certainly is showing well at times. But, you know, this series has been tough on him. And, and you know, look, they, they have Derek Englund playing in their top six, Lucas Pisa, you know, guys that other teams weren't even playing in their top sixes are part of Vegas. And, and, you know, when you kind of look at it and, you know, sort of away from the emotion of what's going on, I mean, it's, it's almost a miracle they got here uh, with this group. And it's a testament to, to those guys how how they've managed to be better, I think, than they have been in the past. And uh, But they don't have the star power of a John Carlson or even Dimitri Orlov the way he's played in these playoffs. And really, recent history shows, doesn't it, Chris, with a few exceptions like the Penguins last year, you need a number one defenseman to win a Stanley Cup, don't you? You do. You know, I mean, you need a guy who can play 30 minutes. And that's, that's what Carlson's doing in the playoffs. And, and you, you need someone who can handle all the high leverage situations and, you know, almost guys you don't even notice because they're just doing the right things. They're not turning the puck over. They're not handing the other team easy goals. And, and 
you know, I, I just don't think that Vegas quite has that. I mean, I like a lot of their players. With Nate Schmidt has been a great addition to their blue line, but he's not a number one. He's not in that class that we're talking about, at least as we're we're speaking right now. And and you know, with with the, it takes something special, I think, to win without that kind of player. And usually, you know, it might be a two-headed center monster like you guys have in Pittsburgh, or uh, maybe a great goaltending performance. And you know, Mark Andre Fleury's had a great playoffs, but he struggled a bit in his final. Why is that? Has he been left out to dry? Is he having a bad final? Maybe a, a bit of both. Yeah, I think he's left out to dry more than anything. You know, he's not letting them in from center. He's not. It's not on his shoulders by any stretch. But but clearly, he had a 9.47 save percentage through three rounds. I mean, he was the difference maker in, in allowing them to get to this point. And he just hasn't had that impact on these games. He hasn't been able uh, to steal them. We haven't seen him make a miracle save like Braden Holpe with the, the shot of the stick. And, and you don't want that to be the standard, the expectation. Uh, but I do think for Vegas to have a chance in the series, they were going to need him uh, to do something special. And look, he's still got time. Maybe maybe it happens tonight and it starts going the other way. But uh, you know, I, I do think for Mark, it's just uh, it's hard to play at the level he's been playing at for four straight rounds for two months. And you know, I do think that his defensemen have give out far too many great chances right in front of his goal, and you know those are most of the ones that are ending up in the net. I'm glad you mentioned the Holtby save in Game 2. How much impact did that moment have, and how much impact did James Neal's miss have in Game 4? I think they're both huge. You know, it's funny because you go through a whole season. Like the Capitals are playing their 106th game tonight of the year, uh, but it's those small moments that, that make the difference in a playoff series. It's an emotional thing, and, and you know, it was 3-2 in that game, too. You know, Vegas had won the first game, and and there's two minutes left, and Braden Hopi makes that save with a stick. Well, look, the Capitals get to go home tied. They get back home ice advantage. And I think that it did change something in the series. And, and you know, similarly, Vegas started game four the way you would want to in their position. They, they, they had 14 shot attempts in the first five minutes of the game. They had an early post from Alex Tuck. And then James Neal has a wide open net, the kind of net he scored into 300 times as an NHL player. And, you know, for whatever reason, he missed. He hits the post. And, you know, I do think that those little, those little things help the Capitals, especially a team that's been in the past, I think, beaten by themselves at times, their own doubt, uh, their own, you know, not being sure of themselves. You know, when they see those moments, you know, both the, the positive one with, with uh, you know, Hopi save and, and, you know, and the one where James Neal missed, I, I think that it gives them that belief a little bit stronger that it is finally their time to, to slay this, this dragon. And finally, Chris, uh, a quick Penguin note. What are your expectations for Pittsburgh's offseason? Do you think Jim Rutherford will make major adjustments with the roster, or do you think they'll move forward with basically what they got? Well, I don't see a lot of room for movement just with the cap situation and where they're at, the kind of team they have. You know, I, I am watching the Phil Kessel situation closely and carefully uh, because I do think there's a chance he's moved. Uh, but, you know, realistically, I think they're coming back with more or less the same team. You know, try to bring in some younger players, uh, you know, up from Wilkes-Barre, Barry, and, 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 and integrate it that way. But, you know, when you have the core that they have, you're, you're just trying to, to win it every year until those guys don't have it anymore as elite players. And, and, you know, I still think they're in that window. It's just that, you know, with the cap and all those things, it's going to be hard for them to be major players, you know, with, with the, the star or the asterisk being on the Kessel situation where I do think there's a chance to see a trade here during the offseason. Chris, great stuff, great analysis. Enjoy game, game five tonight. All right, bud. Thanks for having me on. That's Chris Johnston. Check out his work on the NHL Network and at Sportsnet Canada. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. we got more hockey talk with Josh Yoey next hour. 
We're going to have an update on the race between Sean Rodriguez's batting average and my IQ. And it really is neck and neck. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. What up, man? There's always been an unspoken dynamic. I am a lot smarter than you. Okay, so maybe it's a spoken dynamic. The X at 105.9. We were speaking yesterday about how well Brooks Orpik is playing for Washington. He is the leader in plus-minus in these playoffs with a mark of plus-16. Here's a great stat. Kuznetsov leads the playoffs in scoring at 31 points. Gensel and Sid are still tied for fourth at 21 points, even though they've not played in what, going on a month. Gensel is fourth in goals with 10. And Sid is fifth in goals with nine. Gensel and Sid have more goals and points than any player on Vegas. That's what Vegas could use tonight, I guess. Sid and Gensel. Maybe Sid can still win the consmite. Get that third in a row, even though he was out after the second round. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com. Let's go to Kenny in Turtle Creek. Kenny, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mark. Um, today is my 27th birthday. and That's uh, terrific. I know. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would bear witness to the Penguins winning three Stanley Cups. I mean, I can remember a time, I can remember a time where I was just, grateful that we had a franchise that we didn't move to Vegas or Kansas City so you know I I empathize with you I know what you're feeling like it feels like the the Capitals are stealing our Stanley Cup no that that's not what I said I said for a minute I'll feel jealous because I don't want anybody to win it not not the Capitals in particular they're not putting my knickers in a twist it's just the Penguins have had the cup two years but I'm not bothered by the Capitals winning it. Kenny, you seem overly bothered by them being on the brink. I think you called a bitch about it yesterday or maybe the day before or maybe both. Why does it bother you so? Well, for better or for worse, I think we've become a franchise that demands if we don't win the Stanley Cup, it's a failure. No, that's just stupid, Kenny. They've beaten the Capitals 9 out of 11 playoff series. If the Capitals win the Stanley Cup, they'll trail the Penguins five cups to one. Don't start with that goofy Steeler BS, where any year you don't win the Super Bowl is a failure, and then when you say, okay, they're a failure, the Steeler fans go nuts over that, directly contradicting themselves. Furthermore, you're breathing rather heavily, almost as if you're hyperventilating. What the hell is going on? Well, I'm working right now. I'm running around. Where are you working? What do you do where you can call a talk show in the middle of the work day? Well, I work at the Doubletree Hotel. I'm sitting outside smoking. You're sitting outside smoking? Yes. And calling a talk show. Do you listen to the show while you're at work? I listen to you every single day, Mark. Okay, that's weird. Now, what do you do at the Doubletree? Do you bake the cookies? I like the cookies. I'm a lobby attendant. Like an usher, a valet, a concierge? 
Yeah, I run around and give people towels. You're a towel boy then? Basically. Well, thank you for calling, towel boy. Might I add, if you work in the lobby of a hotel, no matter what menial job you may have, like Kenny's a towel boy, call yourself a concierge. Nobody really knows what that means, but it sounds pretty important. 412-333-9939. How's this for breaking news? P.K. Subban, the Nashville defenseman, is dating Lindsey Vaughn, the downhill skier. Talk about going downhill. P.K. Subban would do anything to get in the media. So would Lindsey Vaughn, it looks like. She also dated Tiger Woods, and that was just after Tiger's porn chick backdoor phase. So here we go, look out below. A Chad Ruedel of the Penguins got a hole in one. For number six defenseman, he's a good golfer. For number seven defenseman, he'd be an even better golfer. Uh, oh, P.K. Saban, by the way, will be a guest analyst during pregame and intermissions for NBC Sports' coverage of Game 5 tonight. That'll suck. It will be better than Dale Earnhardt Jr. and much better than Susan Sarandon. Uh, oh, Gitko dropped off their delicious new sandwich today, the Chip and Dip Sandwich. It sounds like something a male stripper would eat. It's chicken strips breaded in crushed potato chips with French onion dip as a condiment. It is wonderful if possibly incredibly unhealthy. So thanks to Gitco. I love Gitco. About the freshest sandwich you can get, go to Gitco and get one. Did I just do an ad? Does somebody owe me money? Uh, Pirates are losing to L.A. as we speak. We'll get to the result a little bit later in the show. Austin Meadows didn't start today. Polanco did. So that ridiculous stupidity continues with the Little League manager, Clint Hurdle. Sweet, sassy, molassy. Up. Since Marte came off the disabled list, Polanco started eight games, Meadows has started eight games. So, Pirtle is rotating a hitter who is killing it with a bust who's been in a slump for five months. Even if the Pirate Stooges and Shills and Apologists are too scared to say it, I'll say it, Clint Hurdle is a friggin' idiot. An absolute maroon. You know what I might do someday is just during no quarter, just not say a word and play no quarter, the instrumental. I like that. It's hypnotic. You wish you were high. Did I say that out loud? You know what we're going to talk about later? Because I think this is hilarious. Last night, the Pirates won. 
and Felipe Vasquez got a four-out save. Every time somebody gets a four-out save, it's seen as some Herculean effort. And I posted a blog about this, too, on the Mark Mad page at WXDX.com. It used to be that the relief ace, the closer, would come in in the seventh and get like an 8-out save or a 9-out save. Now, if you get even a 4-out save, again, the word I used was Herculean. Compare these stats. Mike Marshall, 1974, won the Cy Young, relief pitcher, L.A. Dodgers. Pitched 106 games. Pitched 208 innings. And his arm didn't fall off. He had a good career after that. Heck, five years later with Minnesota, he led the A. Allen saves. Last year, the guy who led the majors in saves, Alex Colome of Tampa Bay, had 47 saves. That's impressive. Pitched 66 innings. Mike Marshall, 208 innings in 1974. This Colome. 66 and two-thirds last year. Now, I know you want to protect everybody's arm. And when Major League Clubs say that, that's a joke because they're not protecting the arm. They're protecting their investment in the arm. Like, once their investment's over and the contract expires, the guy could go have his arm amputated, and they wouldn't care. But if all this is done to protect the arm, how come they still get Tommy John surgery? How come they still have the dreaded precursor, the forearm tightness? If they pitch so little and they're protected so much, how come they still have arm problems? 412-333-9939. Young Ho Gung has said he's sorry. He says he stopped drinking. Do you believe him? I'll talk about it in 30 seconds here on 105.9 The X.